um, you know, try, try it out and uh, experience it for yourself. Uh, uh, and, uh, you know, really put yourself in the shoes of uh, sort of the next generation of shoppers. Um, I feel that it typically costs a shopper an hour of their day to make a visit to any one store. Um, that, uh, you know, even, even if they do want to make a division, uh, make a decision to go to that store, uh, they have to, uh, uh, they have to decide whether or not it's, it's worth the trip. Hey everyone, this is Devin Miller here with another episode of The Inventive Journey. I'm your host, Devin Miller, the serial entrepreneur that's uh, grown several startups into seven and eight figure businesses, as well as the founder and CEO of Miller IP Law, where he helps startups and small businesses with their patents and trademarks. If you ever need help with yours, just go to strategymeeting.com. We're always here to help. Now, today we have another great expert episode, and I love the expert episodes because I get to learn a whole bunch of different uh, new uh, topics, and today is no exception. Um, So Michael Augustin is a guest on, and we're going to talk a little bit about uh, augmented reality and virtual reality as it relates to e-commerce. And so um, as you'll find out, there are some e-commerce platforms, and that can be everything from selling something online, you know, typically whatever it can be from, you know, your or natural or organic honey to a technology to whatever it might be. But a lot of times people aren't using or there's technology that you can utilize with augmented reality, virtual reality to really up or integrate and upgrade and uh, set yourself apart from the competition. So I'm excited to talk a little bit more about Michael with all of those different facets of how to do that. And with that much as an introduction, welcome on the podcast, Michael. Hi, Devin. Welcome. Uh, great to be here. So I gave a kind of a brief introduction about what we're going to be talking about as far as expert episode. But before we dive into that, maybe just give the audience a, a couple a couple minute introduction to you, a little bit about your background and why you're uh, an expert or why people should uh, listen and uh, why you know what you're talking about. Uh, sure. Uh, so I'm a, the co-founder of Curie, uh, which enables a customer or enables Shopify stores to be able to bring their storefront and showroom anywhere uh, in mm. 3D. Uh, uh, and this is uh, accomplished through augmented reality. We have an artificial intelligence that converts uh, 2D images to 3D at scale, um, reducing the cost uh, 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 quite significantly uh, for folks that are unfamiliar with 3D. So, no, and I think that definitely makes sense. Now, diving into the topic at hand, and this is probably maybe a softball question or otherwise, you know, lobbing one over to you but for those that aren't as familiar with augmented reality or virtual reality first what is the difference what are they and what's the difference between augmented reality or virtual reality uh yeah augmented reality is the ability to see uh virtual items superimposed and the world around you uh whereas uh, virtual reality is the ability to see these items in a virtual space uh, that's completely uh, artificial and uh, uh, there's no information superimposed. So if I were to bring it down to my or basic understanding is augmented reality have some fake objects or some virtual objects overlaid onto what is actually around you or the real world around you. Virtual reality, everything is virtual. There isn't the real world around you. Is that a fair, easy summary? Uh, yeah, yeah. And I think the core difference is in their use case. Um, mm-hmm. Augmented reality enables you to add information or see information in context, uh, whereas uh, virtual reality is uh, uh, more of a way to, uh, you know, escape to 
a very different uh, place uh, or um, you know, see items in its, its own context. Okay, no, definitely makes sense. So now with that much as a, as a baseline, let's talk a little bit about why you might want to integrate this in e-commerce. Because, you know, e-commerce, there's a, and you mentioned Shopify, and that's a great platform. You know, there are some other ones, Squarespace or, you know, Wix or other ones, but e-commerce, or certainly Shopify is a, a large one that provides a lot of different platforms and context for how people are doing it. But, you know, if, I, if you talk with a lot of people, they're going to probably, or fill it, they'll have the question why what is the benefit of taking the extra step of doing augmented reality or virtual reality on your e-commerce platform or on your e-commerce store so what is kind of some of the benefits or why would you start to think about that if you had a a store or platform or or you're thinking about getting into it uh yeah so if you're a store in uh sort of middle america right you're your ability to to sell items is dependent on the amount of traffic you bring to your physical store the number one reason why people would want to go to your store is to see an item in real life to get a sense of how big it might be or to try to assess like um you know how your product would fit within their home whether it be like the style or between two pieces of furniture or so in some cabinet somewhere um and that is totally limited by where your real estate is um, and the only way to really improve that is to actually go to maybe a better place that has more traffic, like a city or uh, more traffic street in, in, in that same city. Um, and uh, so we pose the question, like, why, why be limited to a physical store and wait for someone uh, to buy something that's sort of sitting in a showroom just to be discovered uh, by happenstance? What if you could actually bring your store to anywhere your customer is. In a sense, that would be the most primary or prime real estate that, uh, that you would ever want. And, um, and so uh, when, we, when we kind of dug into that problem, it was mostly um, number one, sort of understanding why people would want to uh, uh, see an item in person and how that affects your traffic. And then two is, um, uh, you know, you know, what are, what are some ways to alleviate some of the costs and accessibility of this technology? No, I, I like how you've read that because to, just to your point, you know, whenever you get into, you know, real estate, especially with retail, it's always a location, right? You want to have your store at the best, uh, best corner for the best location for the type of customers you're going to be. So if you're trying to sell, um, you know, pizza than a nearby a stadium where you're going to have a whole bunch of people going to and from the stadium, getting hungry, wanting to eat. That'd be a great location. And yet to your point, if you're selling, you know, whatever it is, if you're, the more you can get in front of people and the more you could, if you could magically transport that store all across the country, whatever it is, so people could see it, visualize it, almost, almost touch and feel it, then you're going to be able to replicate that real estate and without having to pay the high real estate costs across all of the country and have a whole bunch of stores and that. So I like that idea, but really augmented reality, virtual reality, it's not just a, Hey, it's a cool toy that we can play, you know, video games on, or we can other do, but it has a practical application in e-commerce of being able to transport your store such that they can get that more realistic experience across the country. So now one question, my guess is, or, you know, for the audience would be is, you know, anticipation, or I'm guessing a lot of people would be shy away from 
exploring augmented re- augmented reality or virtual reality because it's going to be difficult, or at least it has the appearance of being difficult in the sense of, hey, if I'm not highly technologically savvy, if I don't know all about how to use all the cameras and or convert it all and do everything, then you know I'm probably am I I'm worried that I'm not going to be able to implement it. So is that a is that a correct fear and does it require a high level of technical understanding and you'd want to hire someone and bring them on their team or just something that people with a, a reasonable or a more limited technical understanding would be able to start to implement or integrate into their website? Um, so, so yeah, I think that uh, uh, when we were looking into the industry, we found that uh, it hasn't approached the ease of use of, say, a YouTube Uh, If you think about YouTube, you have the tools available to you. Um, You have either a camera or ability to take uh, some type of video uh, and upload it easily and have all the hosting and the formatting and everything uh, provided for you so you don't have to think about it. Uh, I think with AR, it's a a bit different. Uh, uh, What a lot of people have at hand are video and photos, uh, but they don't have access to uh, a tool that enables them to easily model and create 3D of their products. And so we felt that uh, it would be um, necessary to create an AI that would do that for you. Uh, And so our aim is to try to make things as easy as YouTube so that uh, information can spread as easily uh, on that platform. No, definitely. And I think that that may, you know, the closer you can, because most people are now with a minimal amount of, you know, t- technological understanding can upload to YouTube, they can use a platform and they can start whether it's their own channel or their own, you know, other own following. So as you do that, walk us through a bit of, let's say I opened up Devon's furniture store and I'm making it up because I, I really would not be a good one to open a furniture store, but we'll make it up anyway. I opened up my own furniture store. And one of the things I thought would be cool is for people to kind of visualize what the size of my furniture is, whether it fits in my house, whether or not it looks good. And my saying, okay, virtual reality, augmented reality might be a really good uh, place for this. How would I start to go about implementing augmented reality into my store? What Or what would kind of those, and I know it's probably difficult to do it in one or two minutes, but kind of give me the brief steps as to how I might go about tackling that. Uh, yeah, so I, I guess the hard way would be to, uh, you know, find yourself uh, three artists on your own or someone in your network that knows how to do it uh, uh, at uh, the level of quality uh, that most artists would, or uh, customers would find realistic. Um, and, and then work your way through the production process of making sure that you have all the right materials in place for that artist to be able to uh, recreate your product. Uh, the other way to do it is to ship a physical product, but if you're shipping furniture, you're really spending uh, you know, hundreds of dollars uh, for every product just to be shipped and scanned uh, for a technique called photogrammetry, uh, which enables you to take many photos of an object or video and convert that to 3D. Um, so the easy way would, uh, we developed a uh, Shopify app um, to be able to take in the photos that you already have available on your uh, product page and product gallery, and we'll do the conversion for you. Uh, and uh, uh, it's a lot simpler and uh, it uses the tools that you already have available and it simplifies the process of being able to find that resource to be able to do that conversion. Oh, it definitely makes sense. So now if I were to maybe uh, 
simplify that down in my mind. So if I were to, I got my store set up. So I've got my awesome furniture, world's best furniture in the world. And I'm just using that as an example because it's easy with my mind to visualize. I would need a camera. I would need an e-commerce. Uh, I guess I don't, if I already have the pictures on the website, then I don't even need a camera anymore, but I'd have to have a Shopify store. I'd have the pictures on the website. And then you're, you, I would sign up. I would get your app on the Shopify store. I'd integrate it in with the platform, do a little bit of setup. And then you guys, it would largely do the rest or at least do an initial um, rendering for me. Is that a fair summary? Uh, yeah, yeah, we made it as simple as a, you know, single click to add your uh, products uh, to to be quoted. And uh, we'll, uh, based on how difficult uh, that uh, uh, item might be, or if it requires um, uh, a bit of extra legwork uh, and review, uh, we'll send you back a quote and uh, for as many items that you send. And, and uh, once uh, uh, once that process is approved, uh, we'll go ahead and make 3D for that oh, item. Cool. Well, sounds like a great process. Now, now I'm going to go back, probably circle back to one of the previous questions we touched on a bit, but I, I, I'm still a bit more curious. So I've given a few examples, or we talked a little bit about what the advantages are, but what are some of the different types of e-commerce stores that either have or could utilize this? And in other words, I gave you know a furniture store, which is easy in my mind to say, okay, I'm going to go buy a big piece of furniture. I'd like to see what it looks like in my home. If I can't always go out to the store, let's say it's custom or specialized furniture, makes sense. I can see kind of what it looks like, or I can get a, an idea of what the size is or when, how like might fit in my home. But what are some other ways or other types of stores or other types of um, e-commerce platforms that, you might, that people might start to consider, hey, this would work well within um, augmented or virtual reality? Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of products where a, a shopper might, uh, 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 might have within their decision-making process, like a, um, where size actually does matter uh, in terms of, you know, whether something would fit uh, on themselves or within their home. Uh, those items uh, are things like, uh, you know, uh, furniture, shoes, automotive, home goods, appliances, uh, certain types of consumer electronics, especially related to uh, improving their home office. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, it can be uh, as uh, low end as, you know, making sure that, um, you know, certain bulk size items in Costco uh, would fit within your home. So it has a huge range, but it's typically around areas where uh, uh, customers are, are considering how big something is in order uh, for them to make a purchase. Definitely makes sense. So. And if, let's say, so now I've got all of these different, you know, different, let's say I have all these different potentials where I think it'd be, Hey, it'd be awesome to integrate this into my store. I think it'd be a good fit. What kind of cost and expense are you looking at for kind of to integrate it in the store, kind of to maintain it, to, you know, do that. And you mentioned a little bit of there's some review process. You may have some assistance if you wanted to go more in depth or if you want, if you, if you needed that, but kind of give people a range of, Hey, let's say this sounds like the world's best way to make my e-commerce platform even better than it already is. What kind of costs and time frame are you looking at? Uh, yeah, so I think that the typical budget for uh, a lot of uh, Shopify stores tends to be in a couple thousand range, and that's usually the budget they use for things like photos. Uh, and um, uh, we're looking to to lower the cost from you know above ten thousand, which is typically what a big 
uh, uh, sort of first class tier department store uh, would use uh, to make that something accessible within that range. So you'd be able to convert uh, most or the entirety of your store to 3D uh, within a few thousand dollars. Well, awesome. So few thousand dollars, you know, two or three or whatever, a few thousand dollars to kind of get that all converted, set up and going. Now, time frame, you know, let's say I wanted to get going in the next six months, year, one month, one week, or kind of, if I was saying, hey, this sounds like, you know, the next step for my e-commerce store that it'd be worthwhile, how long does that typically take to get set all up? Uh, so uh, typically for the process to uh, uh, be rendered and reviewed, uh, that takes uh, roughly about three days uh, per product. And so it really depends on how many products uh, you might have. Uh, some, uh, I think, medium-sized uh, stores have uh, sort of within the hundreds of product SKUs uh, available. All right. No, make, definitely makes sense. Well, I've, I've peppered you with a few questions, but if you were to say, you know, looking at it, is there other areas that, you know, other areas of consideration or things that you are, that would be helpful for the audience to be aware of as they're kind of exploring or thinking about or learning about a new tool and ways to set up that we didn't touch on that would be worthwhile for them to, to them to know as well? Yeah, I think that, uh, you know, the only thing that's constant is change. Um, uh, what we're seeing is uh, a threeification of uh, of, uh, of the web. Uh, if you look at the engagement that like things like Roblox and Fortnite and Minecraft uh, are getting in addition to uh, some of the technologies that uh, might be available for you to buy to sort of replace or augment uh, uh, the cell phone, uh, we're seeing a lot of new tools that be coming out in the next couple of years uh, that are really going to sort of replace our original habits uh, around the cell phone. Um, so I think, you know, prior to 2007, no one would have imagined that, uh, you know, the number of people that you would see on a sidewalk looking uh, at their cell phone, scrolling a feed. Uh, and I think uh, um, in a couple more years, uh, there'll be a lot more people using uh, AR and VR, uh, we would call the combined uh, field is called XR, uh, more comfortably uh, within everyday scenarios. And uh, it, it would be sort of towards the resolution of, you know, comparing like, you know, uh, if today's technology was like a normal cell phone or a, a phone call compared to being able to, to see uh, uh, and collaborate um, the amount of degree that we have on the web, we're gonna see the same amount of difference um, uh, uh, pretty soon with uh, the upcoming devices that Apple and, and Facebook and some other uh, uh, groups might be releasing. No, and I, I definitely like, you know, I definitely agree with you. There's, you know, it's kind of the probably the old word out cliche, but if you're not evolving, you're not, uh, you're not, you're dying type of thing. If you're not moving forward, you're moving backwards, however you want to say it. But as, as you're, you know, trying to, especially as things continue to move more and more on online and e-commerce, as people are going into the, you know, retail stores less and less, you to be able to give them that same experience or that same look and feel, I think it has a lot of added benefits because then they're going, you're going to incorporate what they're wanting in your platform, whereas a lot of the other platforms are going to be much more antiquated or not going to be keeping up. So I think that there's definitely that benef benefit. 
Well, as we start to wrap up the podcast, I always ask for the expert episodes, one question at the end of each episode. So we'll go ahead and jump to that now, which is if you were to, if, if I, if you're talking to somebody that's a startup or small business, that was just thinking about getting into this area of augmented and virtual reality as it relates to their e-commerce platform. And they're saying, oh, should I do it? Should I not do it? What should I consider kind of, you know, feeling a bit overwhelmed or not knowing how to get started. If you're, there's just one thing that they could do to get started, to dive in, to learn more, what would that one thing be? Uh, well, I, I guess we created a, uh, an app to, to, to really make that easy. Uh, and uh, it's free to install and, and free to try out. Um, uh, we'll even uh, make a model or two for free uh, if you uh, go sign up soon. Um, and so it just really is based on the demand. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, I guess my suggestion would be just to, um, you know, try, try it out and uh, experience it for yourself uh, uh, and, uh, you know, really put yourself in the shoes of uh, sort of the next generation of shoppers. Um, I feel that it typically costs a shopper an hour of their day to make a visit to any one store um, that, uh you know, even even if they do want to make a decision, uh, make a decision to go to that store, uh, they have to uh, uh, they have to decide whether or not it's it's worth the trip. Uh, so a lot of destination sites like Best Buy and Walmart are going to get a lot of traffic, um, but uh, the days of like sort of window shopping um, might be out the door for some people. Um, so. Uh, I think as people pick up these new types of habits, they're finding that it's more convenient and there's been no indication that these behavior um, are, are going to try to, or actually reverse. No, I definitely agree with you. And I think that, you know, figuring out what the trends are, where things are headed, and then keeping your platform and your company and your business on trend and ahead of those is going to give you that added benefit. I even like that, you know, I think that if I were to take that takeaway, it's really just get started, try it out in the sense that even if you were to say, hey, it's not for me, it doesn't work for our platform, you're not going to know until you give it a try and, and jump into it. And that oftentimes just starts with downloading the app, seeing how it works for their store, playing around with it, seeing if it makes sense and seeing if there isn't a way to incorporate that technology. Well, as we wrap up, if people want to reach out to, they want to find out more, they want to be a customer, they want to be a client, they want to be an employee, they want to be an investor, they want to be your next best friend, any or all of the above, what's the best way to reach out, find out more, get more information? Uh, so yeah, our app is available on the uh, Shopify app marketplace. Uh, so if you just search for Curie, uh, you can find us there, uh, or you can go to uh, curie.co. Awesome. Like well, encourage people to reach out either way, download the app, go to the website, find out more, and definitely uh, take a look and see if you can to help you to increase uh, the uh, the standing of your e-commerce store and make it or keep it uh, ahead of the ahead of the competition. So with that, we'll go ahead and wrap up and appreciate coming on the podcast. Now, for all of you that are listeners, if you have your own journey to tell or your own expertise to share, we'd love to have you on as a guest. Just go to inventiveguest.com and apply to be on the podcast. Also, as a listener, two more things. One, um, if you uh, make sure to click subscribe in your podcast player so you know when all of our awesome episodes come out. And two, um, leave us a review so new people can find out about our great podcast. Last but not least, if you ever need help with your patents, trademarks, or anything else, feel free to reach out to us at Miller IP Law by going to uh, strategymeeting.com.
So with that, thank you again, Michael. I appreciate you coming on. It's been a, it's been fun and a pleasure. Now you also signed up for the bonus episode or bonus question. So we'll chat about that for just a little bit. So before we wrap up, as a reminder to all the listeners, um, we always have a what an opportunity to talk a little bit about intellectual property for those of you who want to listen. So stay tuned for our bonus question. Otherwise, we appreciate you listening and have a good one. Thank you very much, Devin. So now. As we wrap up, and now we switch over to the bonus question, um, you, you want, or you always get an opportunity to, I always get an opportunity first to be able to pepper you with questions, ask your, ask about different areas, and you always have to respond and do that. And now you get to flip the tables a bit and ask me one of you, or ask me a question that I get to be put on the spot and have to answer. So with that, I'll turn it over to what's, uh, what's your top intellectual property question? Um, I guess like a, you know, right now there's a lot of uh, interest in artificial intelligence. Where do you see the most activity happening uh, in the world of AI? Yeah, I mean, and I, I'll take that for a bit from a patent perspective, and I'll give a complete a side note, and then I will answer your question. One of the interesting questions that's come up with AI is let's assume that it, at one point it gets smart enough that it actually figures out machine learning, figures out how to do things, and you actually have AI that is creating or innovating or coming up with new things or different ways to do it. How do you go about patenting that, which I always thought was an interesting question in the sense that if somebody were to create a, a software that's smart enough to actually think or so to speak, create something that the original person didn't intend or didn't come up with, who owns it? Because AI isn't an individual, it's not an actual entity. And so how do you patent that? And that one, I don't have a question on. So I, I think I would probably put it to the person that originally created the AI also as the inventor of whatever the AI comes up with. But that's an, that's an interesting area. Where I see it most of the time with intellectual property, with artificial intelligence and machine learning, is oftentimes it's behind the scene to crunch a lot of different types of data, to use the data and information as a way to do analytics and provide meaningful information. So that seems to me that where a lot of the application is coming is, yes, someday it might cure cancer, or you might have an AI that can interact with you and you can talk with, and it'll be indistinguishable for a human. Someday that will probably happen. I still think that has a, a while to go, but to be able to start to do the different trainings on AI or machine learning such that it can crunch a large amount of data, give you meaningful information or results, and then be able to provide it back is kind of where a lot of, at least in, within the kind of where I see for my platform or for my or my area of expertise, which is intellectual property, where a lot of the, the uh, industry tends to be headed. Okay, awesome. So with that, we'll go ahead and wrap up the podcast. Appreciate again, Michael, for coming on and sharing a bit of your expertise and wish the next leg of your journey even better than the last. All right. Thank you very much, Devin.